Well, it's good to look today at our first reading from Genesis and our responsorial psalm, which uh, both of which focus on the holy patriarch Joseph. And if we'll recall, Joseph's father, Jacob, had four wives. He had Rachel, who was the wife that he originally fell in love with and whom he wanted to marry. And his father-in-law, Laban, kind of deceived him and somehow got him to enter into a marriage with his another daughter of his, Leah. So he, he married Leah, and then he, he married Rachel. And uh, both women were having trouble bearing children, and so then two, two slave women were actually given as, as wives to Jacob. So he actually had four wives. And the wife that he loved the most was the, the most... Um, had the most trouble bearing children. But eventually, after many years, she gave birth to uh, a child, to Benjamin, to Benjamin and to Joseph, and then to a second child, to Joseph. So Jacob's beloved wife bore him, in his old age, two beloved sons. And uh, Joseph's brothers were envious of him, they um, were planning on killing him, and they, uh, they ended up saying, well, let's sell him as a slave, and, and eventually, you know, Joseph gets sold as a slave into Egypt, and he's there, and he kind of goes from rags to riches, and he uh, interprets dreams accurately for Pharaoh, and Pharaoh makes him the, the second man in charge of all of Egypt. And... Famine takes place, and Joseph's brothers come to buy grain from Egypt because that's the only place they can get some uh, food from. Otherwise, their family's going to die. And so they come, and they don't recognize Joseph, and Joseph conceals his true identity from them, and he treats them very roughly. And you see, all throughout the narrative there at the end of the book of Genesis, what Joseph is doing is he's trying to see whether or not his brothers are truly sorry, truly penitent, for selling him into Egypt. And at some point, uh, as he's kind of given them these troubles, they say to each other, oh, this is God's vengeance on us because, you know, we heard the cry of our, our brother and we didn't listen to him and we didn't have mercy on him and this is, this is retribution for our sins. And so they're acknowledging that what they're going through is, uh, they're, they're actually, uh, they're, that's the beginning of true penitence. It's a willingness to accept the consequences of your sins and sorrow for your sins. And then what uh, Joseph does is he kind of engineers things so that the other beloved son of the beloved wife, Rachel, meaning Benjamin, is brought before him and he devises a means by which he's going to essentially uh, retain Benjamin. He's going to make Benjamin a slave. And this is the real test, and this is what we read about today. This is the real test. And Judah, who's kind of a spokesman for the other brothers, says essentially to Joseph, he says, if you take this beloved son of our father... He's going to die, and we can't we can't handle that. It's going to stress him out so much. He's going to die, and so Ju- Judah says, "Take me instead. I I'll be 
a slave in place of this beloved son of uh, the, the um, Israel, Jacob. And so then now Joseph finally realizes that they truly are repentance. They would be willing to trade their own lives in for the beloved son of Rachel, which is both Benjamin and Joseph. Okay, so he knows, okay, they would actually be willing to, to substitute their lives for me. And so what we see here in this text is a, is a great lesson on uh, human responsibility and penance. We sin, we need to do penance. It's as simple as that. And there really isn't forgiveness apart from penance, apart from true, authentic repentance. There isn't forgiveness. And that's what we learn. But we also learn not just about human responsibility, we learn about God's sovereignty. And so if we notice at the end of the text, it says something very interesting. Joseph says, I am your brother Joseph, whom you once sold into Egypt. Do not be distressed, though, and do not reproach yourselves for having sold me here. It was really for the sake of saving lives that God sent me here ahead of you. So it was God that sent him there. And then uh, it says in our responsorial psalm that God sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. And so we have this beautiful harmonization and reconciliation on the one hand of human responsibility and yet God's sovereignty. Even our sins, God is still in control. And God is orchestrating an entire plan for the better and for the good. And God can bring good even out of evil. He can bring the good of the saving of this sacred, of this chosen family, because if they had stayed in the chosen land, they were going to perish. But they knew uh, God planned it so that they would be able to find refuge in Egypt, and so that's why he had Joseph go ahead of them there and become this important figure. And so God is in control of everything. And he will not permit any evil or any sin to take place unless he foresees that a greater good is going to come forth out of it. And that brings us back, of course, to the man whom this entire narrative foreshadows, and that is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What is the greatest evil and the greatest sin that has ever taken place? It's the betrayal and the murder of the innocent Son of God. And what is the greatest good that has ever come out in the, in the world? And that is the atonement and the salvation that has come to us through that murder, through that betrayal, through that death. So the greatest evil produced the greatest good. And that is the wisdom of God, and we can take that as a lesson in our own lives. God does not permit evil unless he foresees a greater good coming forth out of it.